Hello, sunshine. Welcome back. Welcome to In Alignment, the show that's here for you by embracing rawness and vulnerability to support you through your healing and self-love journey. I'm your host, Diana Vanessa, self-mastery coach, meditation coach, and a lifelong learner. In this episode, I wanted to honor my struggle with depression and anxiety, but each mental illness is so vastly different that I thought it would be a better idea to take my time with each one to give you some clarity and some support if this is something that you or a loved one is currently struggling with. So today we're going to start with anxiety. In the U.S. alone, an estimated 40 million adults over the age of 18 suffer from anxiety every year. That's at least 18% of the population, just in the U.S. So whether or not it's you that's experiencing anxiety, chances are that at some point in your life, you or someone in your community will experience it. See, anxiety is a term that's kind of thrown around, but not all anxiety is the same. Understanding that they are different can help you hold space for yourself and others as they overcome anxiety. Anxiety and Depression Association of America lists the following types of anxiety disorders. First, generalized anxiety, which is pretty general and is the most common. Next, you have panic disorder, uh, characterized by panic attacks, and it is a very acute feeling. You, You really, when you see it, you know it. Social anxiety disorder, this we we hear a lot of as well, that people that don't like being in groups or they have anxiety towards, you know, being in public or being in public areas. This is something that especially now after quarantine has, I think, increased in, in a lot of us. There's also specific phobias and phobias are an intense, like a crippling fear of something. And They can range from arachnophobia, where you're terrified of spiders, to different types of phobias. There's there's really a phobia for anything that you can think of. And while it might not be scary to you, it could be scary to someone else and vice versa. Now, the other one is stress-induced anxiety, which I feel is easier to slip into and doesn't really require trauma to trigger this anxiety. And finally, you can also have a drug-induced anxiety caused by, you know, taking recreational drugs. Now, obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD, and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, they are not characterized as anxiety disorders, but they are very closely related. So I just wanted to let you know about that as well. There's some things that I want to emphasize though. First, it's okay to have anxiety. It's normal. Second, whether it is you or someone you know, be gentle and be patient. A person with anxiety is trying their very best to function. Each and every day they're putting their best foot forward. Third, you will get through it. And in the process, you'll gain the skills to thrive and to learn more about yourself. So whether it's you that has anxiety or someone close to you that has anxiety, remember that this is hard. It's gonna be hard on you, on your relationships, on your career, on your education. 
But again, if you have the patience and you can hold space for love and support, you can get through it. So what does anxiety look like? It looks different for everybody. And I know that's something people hear a lot, like it looks different. So what does that mean? It it really means just that it can look different for anybody. One, because there's different types of anxiety that you can have. And two, we all experience those symptoms differently. Some symptoms affect us more, you know, greatly than others. And so if you're somebody that hides this very well, a lot of people, it can go unnoticed for a really long time. Now, my experience with anxiety has been going on for a long time. And I mean long time. From the age of six, I experienced my first anxiety attack. And this is just the one that I can remember. I'm sure that I I probably had anxiety from, from a younger age because I had a lot of trauma in my youth. My chest would feel tight. The air would feel heavy. I would start to hyperventilate. And all I wanted to do was scream. And so this is an a panic anxiety, right? This is... This is what would happen to me. And usually this would be really late in the night. And this is a routine that I would repeat up until my late 20s. My anxiety, like my depression, would come in seasons. I could go months or even years without feeling it. But I never fully overcame it. So sooner or later, it would just creep back into my life. And it would stay for days or weeks. And I never knew for how long I was going to be in this state of anxiety, which made it all the more agonizing. It took me a long time to admit it, but I had what's called, let me see if I could pronounce this, thanatophobia, which is an intense fear of death and dying. And ironically, this led to me developing a fear and just an anger for being alive and for simply existing. During this time, It felt like I was trapped in an endless loop of pure and terrifying solitude and fear. And I would pray. This is the only time that I would pray. And I would pray to just wake up the next day and snap out of it. I would have horrible panic attacks that would leave me in a state of anxiety for weeks. And it was just this constant loop of my anxiety triggering panic attacks, of my panic attacks triggering anxiety. And I didn't have the resources at the time to cope with it. So my best choice was to distract myself or not think about it. And I got very good at distracting myself. Too good, in fact, that I began to daydream constantly. I did everything I could not to be present. And to be honest, this probably did me more harm than good. But at the time, that was all I had. Counseling had... A very different reputation when I was younger and it just simply wasn't an option for me and this was also during the time that the internet was just developing so I didn't have a lot of resources accessible to me for others anxiety could look like nervousness tension muscle twitching fidgeting unable to sit still Uh, You might tap your foot a lot or constantly, racing heart, obsessive intrusive thinking, insomnia or having trouble sleeping. You could be sweating or just trembling even when it's not hot or cold. There's this just constant stress or this feeling of dread. All right, you might feel like 
you have a, a knot in your stomach or in your chest and you just feel heavy. And it can also cause panic attacks, which are characterized by having at least four of the following symptoms. And that's feeling in danger, having a stomach ache, having nausea, intense fear, panic, vomiting, feeling hot, like intense hot and intense cold where you just have to, you know, bundle up or completely strip down, uh, shaking, chest pain, choking or feeling like you're suffocating, having detachment or even, you know, shortness of breath, you have this fear of losing control or fear of dying. And I know this sounds vague, so if you haven't experienced this, I I, I pray you never have to. But for me, a really big thing was fear of loss of control and fear of dying. You legitimately feel like you are having a heart attack. You are convinced that you're dead or you're dying and you are going to lose consciousness or just the ability to have control over your own body. And it's it doesn't make sense. It's very hard to think clearly. I stress that it's very hard to think clearly. So, sorry. <laughs> Despite of the overwhelming feelings of anxiety and panic attacks, I feel blessed because my own experiences helped me support countless friends, family members, clients, and even my boyfriend, Dan, through their experiences and battles with anxiety. Now, I've shared some tips on how to manage anxiety before, but I want to take this opportunity to cover it one more time. Now, the tips that I have for you are first to validate your feelings, validate your fears, your anxieties. They are valid. You don't need to fight the current, okay? Sometimes your mental, physical, and emotional body needs to be heard and wants to feel protected. And when you validate those feelings, you can work through them. But if you invalidate yourself, there's not many places to go from there. The only thing you're going to gain from that is getting frustrated with yourself, being hard on yourself, being a much more tough, like a, a really bad critic, or straining your relationship with yourself. So I encourage you to first and foremost validate your feelings. Second, talk to a trusted friend or family member about your anxiety. And I stress this, talk to somebody that you trust. Because you need somebody that's going to be supportive either in person or over the phone. And I know it feels counterintuitive to tell people about this, but the more that you can turn to others for support, the better that they can understand what's going on. And in turn, the less pressure you're going to feel to pretend that everything's okay. You're not going to have to put on this facade when everyone around you already knows that something's up. And from my experiences, sharing my challenges with anxiety has encouraged others to come forward with their own battles, either in the past or in the present. It opens up the door for people to share that they're also struggling with anxiety. The third tip I have for you is to check in regularly. And you can do this by having a journal or even doing a mental health check through apps. One that my boyfriend has used daily and it's helped him with his anxiety is an app, an app called Checking In. That's all one word, Checking In. 
and there's different apps that you can use but whatever it is that you can connect to that's easy for you i encourage you to use that to use a daily check-in because again your mental body your physical body or your emotional body is trying to communicate something to you you don't feel safe for one reason or another you don't feel stable for one reason or another and it's important for you to address that the fourth tip i have for you is to have a daily gratitude you can write this in a journal or you can say this out loud before bed or as you're waking up but Practicing gratitude can help you tremendously. It's going to help shift your mindset out of a state of survival and anxiety. When you're feeling gratitude, it's hard to feel anything else. And so practicing a daily gratitude is just going to help, at least for a moment, snap you out of that state of anxiety. The fifth tip I have for you is to open up to the idea of getting help from a professional. I am in a good headspace now. I have the tools to treat myself, but for but the reason that I was actually able to improve my mental health is because I pushed myself to get help from a counselor. Believe me, I tried this on my own for many years. And honestly, the last time I dealt with my depression and anxiety, I almost didn't make it out alive. So when I turned 26 and I felt myself begin to spiral again, I looked for help. And since then, I have had incredible growth. There are apps available like Talkspace or BetterHelp where you can connect with somebody online. But I encourage you to check in with your insurance company for more options. That way you don't have to strain yourself financially to get help. Remember, therapists have spent years building their tool belt of resources for mental health. They can share that with you. They can properly help diagnose you. They can create a safe space for you to explore those anxious thoughts. And they can be a temporary support system for you while you create a stable one within yourself. Create... The next tip I have for you is create a loving and comfortable self-care routine to help you relax and to come back to center. Something that you can practice as often as possible, perhaps every day or every week. And it can be short or long or even both. Maybe you have multiple self-care routines available to yourself. But this is something I, I really that has really helped me and I really want to encourage you to do as well. All right, having a self-care routine, not just for your physical body, right, where you do a spa or a massage, but for your emotional and your mental body. So really think of how can I take care of my mind? How can I take care of my body? How can I take care of, you know, my emotional body? And repetition is going to help. Repetition is going to make it easier for you to have a self-care routine to help relax you. Like I mentioned, in a state of anxiety or in a state of a panic attack, it's hard to think. And you can't come up with something new to do. The only thing that you're going to be able to do is things that you've repeatedly done already. Things that are habitual and come naturally to you. And so if you get into the habit of going on a walk or doing some exercise, you're going to go to those habits. 
those are going to be the easiest habits for you to access during your anxiety. Another tip that I have for you is a tool that I use that my therapist had recommended me is a workbook called Retrain Your Brain. It's a cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy in seven weeks. A workbook for managing depression and anxiety. That's a mouthful. And that's that's by Seth J. Gillihan, which is G-I-L-I-H-A-N. Again, that's Retrain Your Brain, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy in Seven Weeks. A workbook for managing depression and anxiety. And if you are someone that likes workbooks and you can commit to a seven-week program, I encourage you to try it out. This is a helpful tool and I use this alongside my therapy, but if you can't find a therapist just yet or for some reason that's not an option for you, I really recommend this book to you. This helped me finally build the skills that I needed to confront my anxiety and to battle it head on. And I'm really grateful for this book. I recommend it to anybody that I see struggling with anxiety and I I encourage you to look into it if you feel called to. The next tip I have for you is to do things that you love. Find hobbies that showcase your strength, such as kindness, curiosity, temperance, courage, leadership, appreciation of beauty, the whole list of it. If you can identify what your strengths are, practice things that you're good at things that you enjoy that build on your confidence and this is going to help shift your attention to the good in your life to bring in a sense of ease and hopefulness and peace so once you identify your strengths you can and the things that you like to do or the hobbies that you have go out and do them go out and do something that showcases that and finally the final tip i have for you is to practice mindfulness and yes meditation is good but so is savoring experiences so is breathing deep and intentionally being mindful encompasses more than just meditation but meditation along with other mindfulness practices will help you regain control over your mind and help strengthen your resilience so i encourage you to meditate i encourage you to Take a breath while you're eating and savor the food that's in front of you. Savor the sunset. All right? Practice more mindfulness throughout your day. And that set, that state of presence, at first it might be a little triggering, but the more that you can get comfortable being in a state of presence the easier it is for you to overcome anxiety. Now, we all encounter anxiety one way or another, but it does not need to get the best of us. It does not need to ruin our lives or our relationships. Instead, it can help align us with the present moment. It can help align us with the help that we need, with the skills that we need to heal and find our purpose. Sometimes the thing we the things that we perceive as bad aren't as bad as we think. This isn't just the case for me. A lot of people say that their anxiety was a catalyst for change, to change their behaviors or the their way of life to something that's 
more and better aligned with who they truly are. Now, I'd love to hear what you've done to cope with your own stress and anxiety. So you can message me on Instagram at selfmasterywithdiana or tag me in a post where you share something that has helped you with your stress or anxiety. And as promised, next week, we'll talk more about depression. The highs and the lows of my depression and what you can do if you find yourself in the same boat. Thank you again for listening. It is truly a blessing to have you tuning in and sharing these episodes. So I'm sending you love and good vibes. And I'll be seeing you next week. So take care of yourself. Bye.